Blog Talk Radio. From Lives in the Balance, the nonprofit organization committed to advocating on behalf of behaviorally challenging kids and their caregivers, this is Dr. Ross Green. Welcome to Collaborative Problem Solving at Home. I'm delighted that you were able to join in. This program airs live each Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time during the school year. We explore a variety of topics aimed at helping you better understand and help your challenging child and implement the collaborative problem-solving approach at home. If you have a question or comment, call 347-994-2981. If you call in, you'll be muted until I bring you on the air. And now, let's talk about your challenging child and what we can do to help you make things better. Hello there. Welcome to today's program. As you probably know, we do this once a week, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, even though people listen to the program from all over the place, from what I understand. And I can't tell you how gratifying it is when people tell me that they are not only listening to the program live, but also... um, listening to the recordings of the program, and most importantly, um, feeling like they're getting a lot of benefit out of the program. Some people tell me um, it's just nice to um, be reminded of where I want my head to be at uh, every week. Or I'm really getting a lot out of the uh, guidance that you're giving people who are struggling to uh, do Plan B, one of whom uh, was the mom who called in last week. We, We spent the whole program on that one call because there were so many things that she was raising that were um, so important. Um, And uh, I'm under the impression that she has called back today. That was, uh, she was given some homework to do, and I think we're going to find out how that went uh, very soon, as soon as I bring her onto the program. Uh, If you would like to join in on the discussion, and by the way, I've got a bunch of emails stacked up as well. So um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, at least eight of them that we could cover today as well. But callers always take priority on this program. So if you uh, would like to call in and get a question answered or um, ask a question about your child and why he uh, is challenging and how you can respond to the problems that he's having proactively and collaboratively, that number once again is 347-994-2981. Do call in. Callers take priority. Um, Not that emails aren't important, but, um, well, the goal is to get to those two. But I think our mom has called back in. Um, Mom, is that you? It is me. How are you doing today? Uh, Pretty good. How did things go this week in your efforts to go back and try to do Plan B? Um, Not very well. Yikes. We'll have to figure (laughs) out why. What happened? Well, um I'm I'm not sure whether the cognitive, you know, I was thinking of the clash of two forces and before you uh, know what, before we jump in here, can you give us a refresher on your child? No names, no identifying information. Give us a refresher on your child just so we people who may not have listened to last week's program are oriented to who we're talking about here and what you were trying to do with them this week. 
Sure. Um, I have a seven-year-old son um, who has explosive behavior only at home. He manages to pull it together at school, um, and we've never had a problem with him at school, but we've had um, this explosive behavior for a very long time at home, and um, as he's getting older, it's getting more aggressive and more damage um, to our property at home and a fear that, um, you know, one of us is going to get hurt or he could hurt himself. Breaking windows, kicking in doors, that sort of thing is what we see at home. Um, so I actually changed um, last week I had talked about he gets upset when he doesn't understand or if I can't answer a question in the car and he'll start kicking the seat and pulling my hair and that sort of thing. Um I switched over to this other unsolved problem, which happens more frequently because it has to do with homework. And um, when and it happened probably three or four times last week, um, he gets frustrated while we're doing homework, and especially if it's he's really good at math. So and if it's math that he's gone over with at school, he does it. He can do that very quickly. But if it's a reading um, assignment, he struggles a little bit more with that and gets very frustrated and will, um, you know, starts being verbally abusive. I guess I'm realizing the word abusive makes me feel like a victim. So he's verbally aggressive, and um, and then that quickly turns into physically aggressive, throwing whatever he can get his hands on. And um, so I thought you know what, this is more, uh, we need to figure this out and because homework is something we have every day and it's fairly predictable that this is going to happen um, almost any time the homework gets a little bit challenging for him. But certain aspects of the homework in particular, namely reading. <clears throat> well, one, if he can't, um, if he has to sound out a word, and he can't get it right away, mm-hmm. that frustrates him. Then if after we read, um, he has an assignment where he has to read a paragraph and then he has to answer questions. And if he doesn't understand the question, that gets him really upset. Hmm. If we're doing math word problems and he doesn't understand what the question is asking, even though it's math, but it's a word problem and he has to do more um Infer is that I'm not exactly. Sh- I was trying to sort of pinpoint what's really getting him um, inferring information. You know, condensing what something is said into that really frustrates him, and um, we usually get some challenging behavior. Okay, so let me just make sure I've got the picture. There's homework assignments that he could be doing. With with your help, or are you only called into action when he's struggling? I am there the entire time. You're there the entire time doing his homework with him? Yes, we sit together. Got it. And um, are, are there homework assignments that he doesn't need your help on? Um, he's gotten to, I guess we've gotten this habit, he likes me to sit beside him. He likes me he... to sit beside him. Mm-hmm. If I get up and leave, he says, "Mom, you're you know you're not helping me." Very interesting. 
So are there homework assignments that he doesn't need much help from you on, even though he likes you sitting next to him? Yes. Got it. So there are some things that are hard and some things that are not so hard. Not all of homework is hard. Certain homework is hard. Fair? Correct. Got it. And do I understand that you tried to do Plan B with him this past week on the homework assignments that are hard? Yes. Good. Now, um, based on last week, you may know what I'm about to ask. Did you try to do plan B when he was already upset or way before you guys were even sitting down to do homework? Way before. Perfection. So guess what? So we just got the, I just ruled out one of the biggest reasons that plan B might not go well, and that is that people try to do it in the heat of the moment when a highly predictable unsolved problem sets in motion a challenging episode. We talked about that a fair amount last time on the uh, car unsolved problem with you not being able to look as quickly as he might like and you not uh, recognizing the cars that he's pointing out to you. Um, We don't want to try to solve that in the heat of the moment. We want to solve that proactively. But the good news is homework is no different. Quite frankly, almost no unsolved problem is any different. They're almost always predictable. So the good news is we've just gotten out of the way one thing that could explain why Plan B didn't go very well, but we're still trying to figure it out because that wasn't it. Now, do you want to give us the blow-by-blow on how you tried to do it and what happened? And I did. I tried um, Plan B three times, or the empathy step three times. That's basically as far as I got. Um, the first time, it, and by and the way, it I might hate to interrupt, but yes. trying, only getting through the, you're not saying that it is, but only getting through the empathy step in plan B is not, obviously it's not as far as you want to get, but if you only get through the empathy step, and you're saying that you didn't, we're going to try to figure out why, but just for the other people who listen to the program, you're not going into plan B thinking, I, I'm, I'm going to do the three steps today for sure. You're going into plan B saying, I'm going to do the empathy step and really understand my child's concern and perspective on a given unsolved problem today. And we're going to see how far I get. And if I don't get as far as I would like, I'm going to go back to plan B, the empathy step again, uh, another time so I can really make sure that I understand my child's concern and perspective on this unsolved problem as well as I possibly can. And I'm not going to move on to the define the problem step until I feel like I do understand my child's concern or perspective on that unsolved problem really well. You tried plan B, you tried the empathy step three times. Now, do you remember exactly what it sounded like? Can you like do us give us an instant replay on it? Yes, because I took lots of notes afterwards. Um, the first time, I think uh, I did it that maybe the same night that we'd had the the challenging behavior after one of our homework assignments, and he was eating dinner with his sister. Older sister was there, was two years older, and I just said. Um, I guess we'll call him Bobby. Uh, Bobby noticed that when when you're doing challenging homework, you get easily frustrated. Um, or I said, Bobby, I noticed that when you have challenges at school, you don't have a temper tantrum, but when you have you know challenging work at home, you have temper tantrums. Can you tell me about that? 
so I didn't quite um, – I wasn't really sure my unsolved problem there was – but I was just interested to hear what he had to say about why he didn't act out at school and um, but why he did at home. So and, can you – just for the sake of being explicit, the, the exact words that you used once again? Were to, something to like – step rolling. Is, and was this the time that his sister was there? Yeah, she was there. All right, so that – and so it was kind of casual, easygoing at dinner. They were, okay. I was in a, you know, I was standing up in the kitchen and they were eating. And I said, I notice that when you, that when you have challenges at school, you don't have a temper tantrum, but when you have challenges at home, you do. Okay. Now here's the interesting thing. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. The thing is, we talked about this a little bit last week. I think you don't want to be the unsolved problem is not his behavior. The unsolved problem is the specific uh, problem that is setting the stage for that behavior. Many kids, if you throw the behavior at them as the unsolved problem, won't talk. I guess I can't get away from the behavior. Well, that's what it's starting to sound like. (laughs) I'm, I'm 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 not sure that I would do this with his sister in the mix either, to tell you the truth. Here's what I think your empathy step would sound like if you were focused on the unsolved problem. And it, this is very hard for people. Don't, it's not something to feel bad about. I know that in the last program you were feeling a little bit like a failure doing this. This just takes some getting used to. That's all. And we've all been trained, almost all of us have been trained, to focus on the behavior. So it's really hard to not have the behavior be the unsolved problem. But the temper tantrums whatever he's doing, it sounds like he says things that we wish he wouldn't say and he throws things when, when, sort of when it's getting even worse. Uh, that's where he falls on what I call the spectrum of looking bad. Those mm. are the things that he does when he's looking bad. But it's the unsolved problems that are setting in motion looking bad in the first place. In this instance, it sounds like the unsolved problem is not, I've noticed that you throw tantrums at home and not at school. That's not the unsolved problem. The unsolved problem that you were talking about today is I've noticed that when you are trying to, and I'm going to pick one of the three that you named, you actually named a few, Mm -hmm. I've noticed that when you're trying to sound out words, that's really hard for you. What's up? So just for your sake and for the sake of everybody who listened to this program, the unsolved problem is more the thing that the kid is getting upset about way more than it is what he's doing when he gets upset over that thing. So, yeah, I know he's saying things that we wish he wouldn't say and throwing things. That's what he's doing once he's upset. But what's getting him upset is the fact that he's having difficulty sounding out words. Another one you mentioned was he's having difficulty with math that involves word problems. And there was one other you mentioned that involved reading. I mean, all of these, it feels to me like all of these are clustering together in some meaningful way. That doesn't mean I would I would try to clump them. But if we want him talking, we want to be talking about the specific... Hey, lots of kids are not going to talk about their temper tantrums. To tell you the truth, they're not exactly sure what to say. But I'm betting you're going to get more information if you're talking about what's hard for him about sounding out words. That's the unsolved problem. 
Difficulty with word problems in math, that's an unsolved problem. Difficulty with throwing tantrums, that's what he's doing because of those unsolved problems. Does that make sense? Yeah. It is very, many people have a hard time not because using Because my the problem is the, is the temper tantrum. Well, that's what you're objecting to. But let's let's narrow the definition of an unsolved problem. The way I put what you just said is, I have a problem with him throwing temper tantrums. I got it. I, I'm crystal clear, that, and that makes good sense to me. I completely understand why you would have a problem with that. But now I'm going to get more technical. In collaborative problem solving, the unsolved problem, the thing that's going to actually get the conversation going, the problem you're actually trying to solve so he's not throwing temper tantrums over it anymore is difficulty sounding out words. You can talk about temper tantrums till the cows come home. Once we solve the difficulty he's having sounding out words, he's not going to be throwing temper tantrums over that unsolved problem anymore because it's going to be solved. And solved problems don't set in motion challenging episodes. Only unsolved problems do. So I get what you're saying. You have a problem with him throwing temper tantrums. But the problem that is setting in motion the behaviors that you have a problem with, one of them is difficulty sounding out words. What do you think? Um, that sounds yeah, a lot more specific because every time I attempted the empathy step, I think I was um, focusing on behavior, on behavior because... I was then I went on my second attempt was um I want to talk to you about a problem and he you know right away he was like I don't want to talk about behavior and I there said you oh, go. We're not, I said we're not talking about behavior we're talking about how to do your homework without hurting or destroying property and still behavior Well that's then my daughter was like mom sound to because then he um this might have been the second one he ran into his sister's room to to get away from me and um, so now she was in the room, and I said, I just want to solve the problem of getting homework done without hurting or destroying property. And mm-hmm. um, my daughter said, Mom, I think you're talking about behavior. And um, so then wow. it ended. Maybe we do want her around, huh? <laughs> well, that's what a few times, when she has been around with the other empathy step, she came up with a really good solution that I hadn't thought of, and I was like, oh. Um, with the whole car thing, she had said, why don't we take my my um camera my digital camera and keep it in the car so that we can take pictures of things great like solution through. well it's yeah a great i was solution like if, you're, if uh, your son's good with it i mean on the surface of it it's a great solution he, he definitely right good with it but what we have here, here here's the good news you didn't do emergency plan b that's the good news no i just let good. it i just let him you know he just i just let him destroy the house when he's in his temper tantrum and i just try well, to Tell her to get in the room and be safe, and I try to go somewhere and be safe. Right. The bad news is you still got something to work on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and here's more bad news. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do some more homework. No, that's we good news. To, we, we want you to try the empathy step again. But I want you to write down what it is that you're going to say to get the ball rolling. Okay. And, and the first thing I would do, since he's now running away from you when you want to talk with him, because he is convinced that this is about behavior. 
he's he's positive. And truth is, uh, at the moment, he's got good reason to be positive because it frequently is about behavior. Buddy, I'm not going to talk to you about behavior. I would like to talk to you. And I am not going to say a word to you about your behavior. When would be a good time for us to talk about the difficulty you're having sounding out words? Because I would really like to understand that. And I promise you, I am going to... If I start talking about behavior, buddy, Bobby, not his real name, I want you to tell me, Mom, you're talking about behavior. But what I really want to do is understand what it is about sounding out words that's so hard for you. So the key words in that are understand. By the way, a lot of kids, when adults say to them, I want to talk to you, what a lot of adults mean by talking is talking at you, which is why it's going to be really important to emphasize to him that what we're really looking to do here is understand. Another word, help. We might want to reassure him, you're not in trouble. I'm not mad at you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I just want to understand. But I find that with many, here's the good news about this being proactive. You don't have to figure out what you're going to say in the heat of the moment. Not on this one, anyways, because you're planning this conversation proactively, which means you don't have to be, as I tell every parent, not just you, you don't have to be really quick on your feet. Um, That's crisis management mode, and you've got crisis management still in your future because there's a lot of unsolved problems setting in motion his challenging episodes. What we need to do is solve them one at a time. Here's the other thing I'm wondering about, though. Sounds like your son is, I I know that he's not throwing tantrums at school, but it's hard for me to imagine that he's not having trouble sounding out words at school. Hard for me to, unless he's getting special help at school that he's not getting at home. Hard for me to imagine that he's not having trouble with math word problems at school. What do we know about, I know, and that's why we don't want the focal point to be tantrums. And quite frankly, I don't even want to talk about that. that I, know, I know that's the thing you're having problems with. But <laughs> we got to let him know. We're not talking to you about behavior. And this is the thing with many parents who I and my colleagues teach to do Plan B. Many parents come across things about Plan B that are particularly hard for them. Sometimes I call them Plan B bad habits. And what we do is we say, all right, next Plan B, go in. And not only think about what you're going to be doing in Plan B, but be thinking about what you don't want to be doing in Plan B. In your case, I would say, go into your next Plan B absolutely bound and determined not to say a single word about behavior. Bound and determined to learn as much as you can about the unsolved problem. I'm just picking one of having difficulty sounding out words. But now let me ask you the question that I've that I now skipped past. What do we know about that problem? Has he had any testing at school? Is he having trouble with that at school? Are they helping him with that at school? What do we know? 
I know nothing about that at school. He does well enough to get by at school. He's not acing reading or writing like he is with math. Um, But it seems when I look at the papers he brings home, he's that have to do with reading. It looks like he's doing a pretty... He's doing the bare minimum of what he's what being we, asked. Here's what, I've not, here's what I've concluded. We don't know. We don't know. Here's my next question. Do they know at school how much he's struggling with the academic tasks he's struggling with on homework? Do the folks at school know the things that he's struggling with at home? No. I want to make sure that you get as much help on this as you can. Is there some reason you don't want them to know? And they don't have to know how he's behaving at home. You don't have to say anything about that. Just what he's struggling with at home. Because I really think it would be better if you didn't feel like you were alone with this. At the moment, you sound sounds to me like you are sort of very isolated with these unsolved academic program pro- problems, and I don't want you to be deprived of the potential expertise that the folks at school might be able to offer. But even more than that, they need to know because it's conceivable that they haven't even noticed that things that these are things he's having trouble with. And if he is having trouble with these things at school, then you are paying double the price for these unsolved problems at home. Because I have a feeling you're not only getting the frustration of him having difficulty with it at home, you're getting the double whammy of frustration because he's also having difficulty with these things at school. Because i got to tell you, unless they're giving him special help at school, which I think that you would like to know a great deal about if they are, I suspect he's having just as much trouble with these things at school as he is at home. Boy, oh boy, is he relying on you at the moment to figure out what those specific unsolved academic problems are. We don't want to talk about tantrums anymore. Now it becomes crystal clear. He's got some things academically that seem to be getting in his way. I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but it seems crystal clear to me, especially because you've told me that there are some academic tasks that he's doing just fine when you're sitting with him and some that he's not. Something's getting in his way. One of the key tenets of collaborative problem solving is kids do well if they can. If he could sound out words on his own without getting frustrated about it, he would sound out words on his own without getting frustrated about it. If he's having trouble doing that, we want to know as much about that as we possibly can. I know that the behaviors he's exhibiting when he's having trouble with that are a problem for you. But I'm very worried that there are academic problems that your son is having that we don't know anything about, possibly including the folks at school who badly need to know about them and who could be giving you guidance on how to be helping him with them. What do you think of that? That is very interesting. And I've kind of felt it, but I hadn't really known how to 
I've only just, I've been, the whole behavior stuff has felt like such a, um, it's like this huge cloud hanging over me that I couldn't really see anything else but this, you know. The behavior. Yeah. He's exhibiting the behaviors in response to highly specific unsolved problems. Some of them are academic, the, you know, the car, you're not noticing him pointing out a car to you. But on the surface of it, that, that doesn't sound academic to me. But he's got some, this is the interesting thing about homework. Uh, you know, I've had homework, unsolved problems with, I would say, the vast majority of the kids that I've worked with. Um, it's crucial for the folks at school to know what he's struggling with at home. Crucial for you to get past, the, and I know this is hard, so I'm not saying this is easy, but crucial to get past the behaviors that he's exhibiting in response to those unsolved problems and get to the unsolved problem. It's almost like, you know, if you've ever done a hike on a tall mountain and you've uh, been hiking in the clouds, just to stick with the metaphor that you've been using, <laughs> what, what, the behavior is the clouds, but then you know you're on a mountain just can't see the mountain just yet. What I'm trying to help you do is see the mountain. Once the clouds part and we're past the behavior that he's exhibiting because he has unsolved problems, we see the mountain. And I got a feeling, I don't know how big they are, but I got a feeling your son is struggling with some meaningful academic issues that no one knows anything about yet. And at the moment... He's relying on you to be specific about what they are, to let the folks at school know what they are, and to figure out what he's struggling with. And once again, just repeat what I said earlier. Once we figure out what they are, once we gather some information about them, once we solve them, I don't think he's going to be exhibiting tantrums over them anymore. Ready for your homework assignment for the week? Yes. And this is... I just want you to know, just because you brought up feeling like a failure last week, and I want, I want to make sure that you're not going into this coming week feeling like a failure, but we are still having trouble with you primarily focusing on behavior. Your son needs you to focus on the unsolved problems that are setting in motion those behaviors. Um, and I, I, quite frankly, it sounds like there's two homework assignments. One sounds to me like the folks at school need to know what academic assignments he's struggling with at home without them knowing anything about the behavior. But number two, if you want to give the empathy step another shot, and it sounds like it's going to take a little bit of advanced prep with him at the moment because he's, he's kind of avoiding talking with you about anything. It's a problem because he thinks he's going to be hear, uh, hearing about behavior. Right, this and I already threatened to keep him in after school or to get his homework done and not send him in a... Here's the interesting thing. Keeping him in after school is not going to, and this is, this, is, this is the key line of the entire program today and the entire thing we've been talking about. There's no punishment you could administer that would help him sound out words better. No punishment you could administer that would help him with word problems in math. Once those problems are solved, you aren't gonna, you're going to find that you didn't need the punishments in the first place because what he really needed 
was not punishment, not additional motivation, but rather for the unsolved problems to be well understood and solved. So if you want to try the empathy step again, the advanced prep would be to let him know that you are not going to be talking with him about behavior. You're not going to do it. And if you should slip, he should let you know. But what you really want to talk to him about is how hard it looks like it's, it is for him to sound out words. Because you'd really like to understand that, and you'd really like to make sure that he gets the help that he needs. Are you up for it? Yes. So my two-part assignment is so one. I think the folks at school talk to have the to school. Know. Yep. Okay. I think they got to know that. This is the interesting thing. I can't tell you how many parents I've worked with who homework was a disaster every night, and the folks at school knew nothing about it. Nothing. And it's not that they have to know about what a disaster it is. It's that they need to know what it is that the child is struggling with. Otherwise, they're completely in the dark. Part two, let's go back to plan B another time. And you've got an open invitation to call in. In fact, I hope you do, because I think that this is very educational for anybody who listens to this program. All that's really happening is you're struggling with a part of plan B that many, many, many people struggle with. The thing is, though, you've got to keep that behavior arm tied behind your back when you're doing plan B. You're going in just determined as all get out not to talk about behavior. What you're talking about is difficulty sounding out words. You'd like to know more about that. That's it. That's the empathy step. Okay. So the reason I had so much difficulty was because my unsolved problem was faulty. Bingo. You were talking about behavior again. Mm-hmm. And you you are so not alone in doing that. That is that is so common. He doesn't want to hear about his behavior. He's waiting to fig- for someone to figure out, and it's going to be you, and you already have to tell you the truth. You have figured out already what's get- with the things that are getting in his way. The empathy step is where you want to learn more about them. But you've already done him a huge favor by identifying these specific academic tasks on which he's having difficulty. Now we just want to learn more about them so we can get him the help he needs on them so he's not throwing tantrums about them anymore. And by the way, I'd be throwing tantrums too if there was an academic task that I was having trouble with, that I was being made to do, that I couldn't do, with punishment hanging over my head, saying don't don't get frustrated about this because just don't. I'd, I'd be throwing tantrums myself. We all would. Good luck this week. Thank you. Call in, feel free to call in next week again. You're, you're doing something that I do all the time with parents. Um, don't feel like a failure. We're going to get this right, but not if we're talking about behavior. We've got to talk about specific unsolved problems. Good luck this week. Don't right. throw in the towel now. You're you're on the precipice of gathering information at the precipice. I always say on the precipice. I think that's wrong. I think it's at the precipice. You're at the precipice of learning about why getting your son's perspective on difficulty sounding out words, potentially on difficulty with math word problems. Um, you're almost there. 
I think you're going to do it this week. All right. Thank you so much. I can't Take tell care. you how much I appreciate knowing I can call I, in. I, Thanks. You can call in, and well, I'm looking forward to it next week. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, you know what? That's why we do this program. Lots, you know, there's so many people struggling with Plan B out there. Thanks to our very brave mom, even though we don't know who she is, um, take some bravery to call in and say, I'm still struggling with this. Help me. That's why we do this program. Help, support. Ready for some email? We've got hmm, we've got about eight minutes left. Let's see what I can get through. I like that's a good one. I like them all. Do you have a standard response or a few sentences that can be said to people you encounter out in public to help them understand that what they are witnessing is not your child's fault? We are currently currently working with our soon-to-be five-year-old on Plan B, and he is doing great, but sometimes there are still instances in which things start going down the wrong path. And I would love to be able to say something to people we know to help them understand that something is going on that is different than what they think is going on. You know, my initial response to this is um, whether there's actually a need for you to do that. Sometimes on this program we've talked about if you have a challenging kid, all of a sudden you don't really care what people who don't know anything about your situation are thinking when they're seeing you trying to calm your child down. So on the one hand, uh, having a challenging kid almost demands that you don't really care that much about what other people think anymore. Um, And that might actually be the most helpful thing I could say. If you have somebody who's observing what you're doing with your uh, son and they are wearing certain lenses, then if they're observing you trying to do emergency plan B, um, good luck coming up with a soundbite that's going to persuade them because they're wearing completely different lenses and know nothing about your situation. Good luck um, saying something that's going to persuade them that what you're doing is what you ought to be doing because they think what you ought to be doing is something completely different. So once again, so hard to uh, know Uh, what to say that would be persuasive, quite frankly, I think you mostly, especially if somebody's not wearing Plan B collaborative problem-solving lenses. If somebody is wearing collaborative problem-solving lenses, and of course you have no way of knowing this because you're dealing with your son, you're not going to look over at the person who's observing. I'm not not being um, cynical here, but it's going to be very hard for you to look over and uh, say, tell me... um, do you know about collaborative problem solving? Because if you do, then you know I don't need to explain myself. And if you don't, I know that there's absolutely nothing I can say to you at the moment that's going to persuade you that what I'm doing with my child right now is the right thing. No way of knowing that. We, we have no idea what they're thinking. We have no idea what lenses they're wearing. In which case, if I did care what they were thinking, I would mostly care that they knew that you had the situation under control and that you understand that your child gets upset sometimes and that um, you don't need their help. What might that sound like? He gets a little bit upset sometimes. We're just trying to settle things down here. That's the most I might say. We really don't know what the other person is thinking. We really don't know what where they're coming from. 
what they're thinking of you, it's going to be very hard for you to respond to them in a way that would be meaningful. And thank you for the question, though. A, a very common one. My soundbite is, I think we may not care very much about what they're thinking. I think we just want to let them know that we have the situation under control. Now, if they think, and if you're doing emergency plan B, I don't think you'd be doing this anyways. Um, if they're thinking that you are responding in a over-the-top manner to your child, um, I don't have anything great that you could say about that because in collaborative problem solving, you wouldn't be doing that. But if I've somehow gotten your question the wrong way, please call into the program or email back. By the way, one of the things we've started doing on this program is if we, if I answer your email on the program, you get an email from our wonderful research associate, Allie, letting you know that your email was responded to and what program that was and a link to the program. So um, there you have it. We do have a response here from a uh, one of our listeners. Let's see what it says. Ah, this mom is responding to a uh, to the mom who called in earlier. She's saying it's so easy for children to slip through the academic cracks and get lost at school because the child does acceptable work, or, or I might add, because. There's 25 or 30 kids in the classroom, and it's hard to stay on top of all of them the way we would very much like to. Many schools are fine with that, even though it's a problem that could grow even more serious. Important to be your child's advocate. I agree. Thank you. Let's um, turn our attention to another email here. Oh, just a second. Looking for a short one because we don't have uh, that much time yet. Uh, pardon the delay here. Here we go. My 12-year-old son, a twin whose sister is helpful and cooperative, has always been a difficult child who fits the description of oppositional defiant disorder. His outbursts of anger seem related to stress, although he is able to control himself well at school. At nine, we had him evaluated and attempted therapy several times, which he has become more and more resistant to. His bouts of extreme behavior seem to wax and wane to a calendar we don't understand. Right now, he is frequently very angry. He curses at us. My husband gets the most verbal abuse, but the rest of us are not at all immune. When he is especially angry, he can resort to threatening us verbally and often breaks things, mostly small things like pens and pencils, all but tonight he smashed a glass on the floor. The trajectory is often that he is verbally abusive for a reason we don't understand and will respond by first threatening, then taking away something important to him, his headphones, skateboard, soccer game. This escalates the conflict. He then will become more enraged, and in turn we remove something else of his. The level of his verbal abuse is so hard for us to take that we often, in the heat of the moment, say that we can no longer live this way, that we need to seek help that we may need to have to send him to boarding school. This takes him to his most extreme level of anger. Insist that we can never talk to him about this issue and that it is talking about it that causes his rage. The thing is, 
how can we ever collaborate with him if bringing any of these highly charged issues up causes him to go over his tipping point? We feel helpless and incapable of responding in any productive way. Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Here's my main suggestion. Stop threatening. Stop talking to him about his behavior. Figure out what unsolved problems are setting in motion his challenging episodes. Actually, my best suggestion is that you listen to everything I just talked about with the mom who called in today because with her I took a half an hour. This program is about to end. You are welcome to call into the program anytime, but I think my answer would be exactly the same. That's going to do it for us today on Parenting Your Challenging Child. I hope you have found today's program to be informative. I look forward to being with you again next week. Take care. Good luck with Plan B.